Sarah Dudley and maple syrup. The two best things to come from the lovely state of Vermont. What's up, y'all? This is Tom Alamo alongside Ryan Warner coming at you from the studio, and we have a great one for you today. Sarah is a top 15 millennial influencer on LinkedIn, and she kills it talking about personal brand, social media. We get into bodybuilding, marathon running, and really she is just adds a ton of value around how discipline and consistency can grow all areas of your life. I think you're going to really like this one. Wanted to give a shout out to our follower of the week, Christina Antal. We appreciate the shares and the likes and the support. Keep doing your thing. We love you, girl. As always, this is TR Talk, Tom Alamo, Ryan Warner doing our thing. We appreciate and we are very grateful for the support we've been given. Please keep it up on all social media, on iTunes. We have some absolute fire guests in the hopper coming at you. We're coming strong through the end of the year. Here we got some great things lined up and you're going to love it. In the meantime, we're heading back to Sarah Dudley. Enjoy, folks. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of TR Talk. This is Tom Alamo alongside my co-host, Ryan Warner. Good morning, everyone. All right, and on, on this episode, we are really excited to have Sarah Dudley on the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. Great so, to be here. Sarah, we want to just dive right on into this. We're, like I said, we're, we're really excited to have you on, and, and we see that you are a top 15 marketing millennial influencer on LinkedIn and and you know we're big fans of some of the the posts that you have out there. We'd love to just hear how that came to be. Yeah, sure. So I let me I can probably give you a little bit of my background. I think that might help frame, you know, the whole concept and um, kind of where it came about. But so I, I kind of currently live in Boston, but I, I grew up in the state of Vermont, you know, the great state of Vermont, I like to say, with, you know, cows in my backyard. There's one gas station in the whole town. And no matter where you go anywhere in town or the surrounding areas, there's bound to be at least one of my cousins or aunts or uncles or family members everywhere. I had, you know, huge family, very spread out, um, just kind of craziness. But I also kind of grew up in in difficult circumstances for any child. Um, you know, my parents were never married. I, I lived with my mom and she really struggled to hold down a job and relied heavily on government assistance. We moved around a lot, which made it harder for me as a kid to kind of keep and make friends. And, and on top of that, I, I actually struggled with my weight a lot as a kid I was kind of like really overweight as a kid and and bullied a little bit for that Um, and I don't I don't share these things to say you know hey like pity me sad story but rather you know to say in your life you know your circumstances should never define who you are like how you grew up who you were as a kid you know you know where you grew up Um, none of those things should really define who you become and even you know as an adult if you're not happy with where you are in your life right now like that doesn't need to define your future so um I, I found a major escape in my childhood through reading, through books, and that, you know, really rocketed my academics. Um, and despite, you know, all of the craziness going on in my life, I was always top of my class in school. Um, I, I went to college for psychology and business and, and ultimately got my MBA in marketing a few years back. 
Um, and so storytelling and understanding personal drivers has always really excited me. It's been, you know, kind of a constant theme through my life and education. And, you know, I, I like to say and brag about how I won the award for most books read in the fifth grade. <laughs> and, and, you know, even now, my favorite show is Criminal Minds, just because I love like getting into like the layers of, of the human mind and understanding what drives people to do what they do. I, I currently work and have worked for the last several years for a large tech company and doing, you know, content marketing. Um, and again, like, you know, the idea of content and how you develop content in the marketing space, it's really about storytelling and how can you take any product, any offering, um, no matter how complex or techy it may seem and make that interesting for people and and have them say hey you really understand that pain point and 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 build upon that storyline for people so they can kind of see the end goal um and so i've really always i've loved that connection between like with the psychology behind marketing um and so at the same time as I've kind of been doing that as my, my full-time gig, I've also had this kind of side hustle going on, which you mentioned, um, marketing macros. And so that came about um, for a few reasons. I think many of us, especially when we're young in our career, we're not necessarily 100% sure where our career is going to go. We're not sure, you know, what we want to do for the rest of our lives. It's a big question, right? And so I think um, for me, when I, when I first kind of started, it was really the opportunity to take all the things that I was learning, to take um, all the experiences I was having, um, the things that I was really enjoying about my job and my work and what I was doing beyond my day job, which was, you know, volunteering for different organizations and, and just kind of having fun building my own personal brand online when, you know, social media was becoming a big thing, just experimenting and playing around and seeing what could work for me, what could help me build my my brand eminence for myself um, and so starting to share some of that and then kind of building it into into a side hustle because people always say you know don't only have one revenue stream right always try to diversify yourself and so you know part of it was I want to be able to share what I'm learning with other people part of it was I want to have almost like a you know diversification of myself and then um, you know you just never know where that takes you and I think for me it's been a lot of um, it's presented a lot of opportunities that I didn't think that I didn't necessarily think at the time when I first kind of started playing around um, that it would do. And so, you know, being able to say like, hey, you know, I've, I work with clients or I work with individuals who want to build their personal brand. It's kind of a world that I don't think I necessarily thought I would I would be in um, a couple of years ago. And so it, it really it, it, you start small, but then it's amazing how quickly you can kind of pick up on on things that you didn't think that you necessarily would be doing a few years back and, and young in your career. So that was a very long-winded explanation of how it all came about. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting background. I'd love to just go back to the childhood real quick. How were you able to, you know, at such a young age, have the insight to say, okay, I'm not going to let my circumstances define me. I'm going to get through this, get past this, to ultimately where you're at now. Yeah, no, it's it's a great question, and I think there are different factors that will be in play for anybody. I think I 
I had a certain level of self-awareness, I think, at a young age where I looked around at my life and I was like, you know, this is this is just not the path that I want to go on. You know, people sometimes, you know, a lot of people look at their parents and think, oh, I want to be just like my mom or, you know, my dad. And um, and I think like I was almost like there were so many things that I wanted to change about my life and I had no control over it as a child. But as you as you grow up and, and you start to have more control over your life and your surroundings, you know, I found myself kind of each day kind of reaching towards that next thing like making a goal setting a goal you know I want to join the sports team I want to you know get healthier I want to be the top of my class like how do I need to do that set a plan you know make a plan and I think I was probably a weird kid in the sense that I was you know pretty disciplined just by nature but I think regardless of whether you have that discipline you know on its own like by nature or whether it's something you have to build I think either way it's it's done via you know what where do you want to be in you know the short term in the long term where do you see yourself what's that vision you know don't lose sight of that vision at any point and your vision should be exciting enough for you that you don't really want to lose sight of it and the other things just aren't as important and then set goals you know small goals that you can achieve on a daily basis and then make those bigger over time you know and then as you kind of achieve each goal recognize that you know celebrate that goal but but don't kind of say okay I've gotten this far you know I'm happy with this let's you know throw the rest to the wind I didn't really want to get to that point anyway I'm happy with where I am you know I think people start to make you know excuses when when they feel burnt out or when they're just you know ready to take a break and and by all means take a break you know when you need one that's absolutely you know necessary but I think at some point you know check back in make a new goal get back on you know yeah, that's that's great. And, you know, a common theme that we've heard from a lot of our guests is that it's about the discipline and finding, you know, a deeper why versus only motivation, which can fade out in a matter of hours or a matter of days. I'd love to hear from someone like yourself who you have, you know, obviously that that full time gig, but you have the side hustle and you have a lot of different, um, you know, streams that you're you're playing with. Um, I'd love to hear how you stay disciplined on days where, you know, you just don't want to put in the work, but you do anyways. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways it's learned over time. I think you see when you first have to start disciplining yourself. I'll actually, I'll give an example. I, a couple years ago, I I kind of have been, you know, over the past I spent you know, 10 years as a runner competitively in high school and beyond. I, you know, have been, I've been involved in the, like the fitness space since I was probably 12. Once I, you know, started to shed the childhood excess weight and, mm-hmm. and um, kind of get healthier. Um, and so I was really into like running and into that world. And then I kind of got introduced into like the, the bodybuilding world almost like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, lifting and weightlifting and all of that. And that was just like a totally new world for me and no idea what I was doing. I was one of those people who went in the gym and I just had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) like play around with weights, (laughs) you know, be intimidated by all the, you know, the big guys and the really fit girls and Mm -hmm. just no idea. And so in that sense, I was pretty much learning from scratch. And so I started to just really, I think, you know, watch how other people 
um, would work out to kind of learn how to do those things. I would educate myself, you know, I'd go online and read about, you know, the benefits of this stuff and how to get started. And it kind of slowly evolved into, okay, hey, I think I'm going to try to do a fitness competition, <laughs> you know, and, and, and mm. do like an actual bodybuilding competition. And, and that takes an incredible amount of discipline that even something that I, you know, I considered myself a fairly disciplined person, you know, growing up, um, it's a level of discipline that I had never experienced. And so you almost have to kind of really recheck yourself and say, okay, what is more important to me is, you know, for a 12 week period, there were times where, you know, my friends wanted to go out or like, Hey, you know, come out to the bar or let's go out to dinner, you know, get nachos. And you really, you have to have such crazy discipline for something like that because it's such a big aggressive goal that you have to be very, very narrowly focused. And it it shouldn't be something that you're narrowly focused on for your whole life. But when you have a big goal, there's going to be short term sacrifices, you know, whether it's starting a new business and you need to work 12 hour days beyond your normal day job (laughs) or whether, or whether it's, you know, doing something completely outside your comfort zone and you just need to put a hundred percent focus into it. You have to kind of, you have to understand and you have to take note that there are going to be sacrifices, but if your goal and your why behind your goal are big enough that discipline you'll learn over time and eventually you know it'll become something that you're proud of you'll look back and you'll say hey you know the only reason I achieved that goal is because I was so disciplined with myself and I made myself take those steps and set those goals and do things that I didn't always want to do you know you're not all like you said you're not always going to be motivated towards Mm -hmm. a goal but it's really that bigger why for you that will push you through those times where you have to say no to your friends or you have to, you know, try something different or you have to go to a, the gym at 10 o'clock at night because you have to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's anything. It can be it can be sports. It can be work. It can be starting a business. It can be, you know, anything really that if it's different and you're not used to that level of discipline, you have to learn it and it's going to be hard at first, but the end reward is so rewarding that you'll look back and you'll say, Hey, you know, that discipline was hard to learn, but it was so rewarding. I want to do it again. (laughs) And so you almost forget the pain. I've never given birth, but I've, I feel like it's probably similar to you forget the pain of, of the actual experience after the final reward. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's, it's funny that you, you brought up running and you brought up uh, kind of throwing yourself into that uh, fitness challenge kind of on a whim and and that's it resonates because Ryan and I did that a a couple months ago uh, just kind of almost randomly signing up for a a marathon when we certainly aren't runners at all and and that's actually coming up a week a week from tomorrow so eight days from now Um, and so we we definitely feel you on the um, you know needing to shut down the friends and some of the fun stuff and there's been times where you know if we do a run on Saturday we we didn't say no on that Friday night and we, you pay the price, let me tell you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um, trying to run, you know, 12 miles with, um, you know, on a hangover is, is no joke. So I, I've done I, it. I've done it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I credit you on that. And, and on that note too, I, I think something that's really, um, you know, one of the, the, the things I wanted to got, dive into was the marketing macros, and we talked about it really only briefly, but I'd love to dig deeper. And, and what I find really incredible is that you found a way to 
combine your two passions or two of your passions of marketing and fitness. And I'd love for you to just kind of talk about, uh, you know, what that's done for you and, and how that got started and everything. Yeah. So the whole name marketing macros, I think for some people, they might read that and not really fully understand what it means at first because, you know, a lot of people, you don't hear that word macros a lot unless you're pretty heavily involved in the fitness world. And it's becoming a much more popular thing now um, than it was a couple of years ago. But really what it means is, you know, as a fitness person, when you have to, you know, track your nutrition or, you know, set a goal or a target that you're trying to hit, um, your nutrition it, for some people, not not everybody follows this type of, you know, regimen, but um, I was doing something called, you know, if it fits your macros as part of my training plan. And what it really means is you get, you know, each day a certain number of, you know, fat, protein, and carbs that you're allotted each day. And those are considered your macronutrients. And that's what, you know, feeds you and fuels you throughout the day to reach your goals. And, and you can't go crazy on any one of them. Otherwise, your whole plan will get out of skew. Um, you can't neglect any of them otherwise you're not going to see the results that you want and so when it came to marketing I was like you know in the marketing space it's kind of similar and and maybe in other spaces too like anything that you're pulling together that has a lot of key aspects to it to make it successful um, you're almost going to have those like macro nutrients so when I think of marketing you know what are the the major things that you need within a marketing strategy to make it succeed you know it's your content marketing strategy it's your social media it's your SEO it's your digital marketing it's you know what are those big heavy hitters that you need to develop and refine and, you know, exercise daily to bring it back to like the fitness speak um, to, to ensure that over the long term it grows and it thrives and, and you build something that you're, you're proud of. And so kind of similarly to, to fitness and nutrition, if you stick to your, you know, goals around what you want to do for your marketing strategy, if it's, hey, I want to put out, you know, one blog a week, I want to tweet five times a day, or, you know, whatever it is that you define your strategy as, as long as you stick to that plan, and and like any plan, you can have moments where you fall off the wagon, but as long as you get right back on as soon as you can, you know, over time, you're going to hit that goal, but you have to be consistent. You have to show up every single day and you have to do it every single day. And I'm probably the first one to say that there are times where, you know, I know I'm not sticking to my marketing plan as well as I should because things get in the way or, you know, in nutrition, fitness, you're going to have days if you're not competing for something where you're like, well, you know, I don't have a major goal that I'm trying to hit coming up. You know, I can go out and go crazy once in a while. But it's, it's really about consistency with anything in your your life, whether it's nutrition, whether it's starting a business, whether it's, um, you know, any anything that you're really trying to do. It's about the consistency. It's not about extremes. So if you are consistent every single day and you show up and you hit, you know, those targets that you're trying to hit, over time, you're going to see results and you're going to eventually hit your goal. You don't have to go to crazy extremes to do that, I think is kind of the, the whole philosophy behind marketing macros. That certainly resonates, and I, I've realized that one of the themes with you, Sarah, is you, know, you, you have to have your why, then you have your goal, and then you put the plan in place to execute on that, and if you do it consistently, consistently over time, you're going to start seeing results, and I think that when you look at building a personal brand, which is kind of pivoting, but you're huge on personal brand, 
what are some of the you know two to three things that that you would recommend doing for our listeners who maybe don't have that personal brand online? You know, what are some things they could do to get started in that in the right direction there? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I totally think and believe that having some kind of personal brand, especially online these days, because digital is so huge. You know, we're all on social media networks. We're all sharing our, you know, our beliefs and thoughts, whether it's the types of posts we share on Facebook with our friends and family, whether it's what we post on LinkedIn, whether it's what we tweet or talk about in, in forums or and whatnot. The, you know, we're doing these things probably already without necessarily thinking about it from a strategic standpoint. Um, and so really with a personal brand, it's if, if you're not actively kind of managing that, then you really leave it up to to others to manage it in, in a sense. You know, if you Google your name and what comes up isn't what you want to come up, <laughs> then it's up to you to change that. You know, it's up to you to be more actively involved in the things that interest you, you know, in your career field, in your industry, to to start to kind of optimize the things that do show up around your name. Um, you know, if you want to be known for something, if you have great expertise in a particular area, but it's all sitting in your head, um, or, you know, it only really comes out at work, then people, you know, don't necessarily know what that is for you, if, unless they work with you on a day-to-day basis, and they can say, hey, that, you know, that guy's brilliant, we know it, but nobody else does. <laughs> and so I think the big thing about personal brand um, is, A, you know, if you don't do it, you kind of leave it up to, to whatever's out there about you, which may be fine with you. You know, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you organically have a great personal brand, who knows, but if you don't, then you want to start working to, to build that. And I think the, the best way to start building that is to kind of identify, you know, where on, you know, what social media network, I guess, is primarily where the people in your industry or in the industry you want to maybe work in and and you're not there already you know where are they are they on LinkedIn are they active on Twitter are they um, on Instagram are they you know Facebook I I don't necessarily see as a super professional environment but you know you see brands that blow up on Facebook It, it really depends what you're trying to do and so I think, you know, identifying what social media platform you want to put your energy into and then really, you know, showing up every day and doing that. If you, if you want to grow a following on Twitter, you need to be actively posting and you need to be actively following the people who have the same interests and beliefs as you, who you think will get value from what you share. And, you know, every day spend 20 or 30 minutes doing that. And then in addition to that, I would say, you need to be writing and sharing your expertise in some capacity, whether it's creating your own blog, whether it's just sharing, you know, your thoughts and opinions around articles that are already out there, whether it's on LinkedIn and you add, you know, a kind of brief summary of why you agree or disagree with that concept. Um, if, if you notice something that intrigues you or that frustrates you, um, you know, share that and see kind of what other people are thinking or feeling about that. Um, I did that a couple weeks ago with some email marketing that was driving me crazy. And I was like, I wonder if other people get frustrated by this. And I posted it and it's been one of my most successful posts. <laughs> so, you know, understanding like what other people are interested in hearing 
hearing about from from your kind of industry or or the things that you want to be known for like really identify what you want to be known for and then just start start talking about it and and understand that you know you may not be the expert in the room at this point but by engaging with other people who have more expertise than you you're going to eventually you know build that up and you're going to become more knowledgeable in the process by engaging with other people in your community and ultimately i think you know the end goal of building a kind of a, a personal brand for yourself is that it really opens a lot of doors for you you know you whether you're on the job hunt now or you will be in the future or you just kind of want to build it up so that you know within your own company people start to see you as more as having more eminence in in the industry um it's amazing you know how i i feel like I've set myself apart a little bit in my organization or just, you know, in my kind of age group in general, because I've, I've built this brand and people are like, oh, you know, how'd you do that? And, you know, you kind of become this like expert without necessarily showing your expertise <laughs> at work because people out at, at, you know, within your job start to notice it too. And they're like, hey, like, I noticed you were named as this influencer. Like, I didn't know we had such a cool person in our, you know, company, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it, it starts, people start to take notice whether, um, you know, you kind of realize it or not. And, and if you are looking for a job eventually, these are, it's cool things that you can point back to, to say, hey, you know, this is me. This is the stuff I'm interested in. Um, you know, this is how, especially if you're in marketing. I mean, if you're if you're in marketing and, and you don't have any kind of like social presence or brand or sh- the ability to show, you know, your writing capabilities or anything like that, I think it's it's probably hurting you against other you know potential candidates. And so it's the personal brain. If we if we take a macro approach to it, it's comprised of it's social. It's having content out there, whether it's blogs, whether it's audio. Anything else you add to that before we shift into some of the more rapid fire questions? Yeah, I think, Sarah? you know, the third pillar would probably be a community, like community, you know, building that community of okay. like-minded people um, would probably be, and, and social, you'll get that, you'll get that from blogging, um, you'll get that, you know, mm-hmm. if you, you want to start your own podcast or, or something like that, you know, you're going to, you're going to build that community kind of by default, just by being more social and, and showing up. Yeah, and, and something too that, that you said that stands out that I want to reiterate for anyone listening is especially if you're um, you know in that millennial bracket where you a lot of people do have expertise in a subject, but you're not saying, hey, I know everything about marketing. I know everything about sales or, or whatever your, your passion is, but hey, I, I bring some value to the table here, but I'm also willing to learn from these other thought leaders or these other influencers, and I think that's something that um, you know, you had, you had mentioned too, but I wanted to reiterate that I think that's really important. The, the humility, the humility factor. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, if you show up and you say, Hey, you know, I know I'm only 25 years old, but I've got it all figured out. <laughs> People, you know, maybe you do <laughs> and congrats, but odds are, you know, those who've exper- you know, I, I like to say that experience doesn't always make you the smartest person in the room. But you have experience and that is a value add by far. And, you know, people who show up who, you know, maybe they know all the latest and greatest technologies and they have all the the skill sets, you know, for the new generation. um, They don't have that experience, though. And so there's only there's certain things that you can only learn from experience. And and you really have to be open on both ends to that kind of learning. Sarah, we want to shift it up a little bit here. And you actually stole my thunder earlier when you mentioned that you hold the record for reading the most books in your fifth grade class. I found that during the research and I was ready to to drop it on you today, but you already came out with it. But I have to ask, what's one book that's changed your life? 
Oh, goodness. Um, God, I feel like it's crazy. Like, I, I would always read them, like, rapid fire. And so when people are like, what's your favorite? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to go through, like, so many. I don't know if there's been a particular book that's changed my life. I think there's been – I think I've spent a lot more time – like, when I was, you know, growing up as a kid, a lot of my books were – very folk, you know, very much like, oh, Sweet Valley High and Goosebumps and, <laughs> you know, like typical <laughs> kid type stuff. But I think in the last few years, I really started to, you know, read more books that are like almost self-motivating or trying to like help educate myself in leadership areas and, and um, you know, how to continue to grow my own self-awareness and leadership skills. Um, and so one that I was reading kind of right around the time that I launched marketing macros was girl boss and i just found you know you don't read a lot okay. of books where they're really just open and honest about their experiences and you know the kind of trials and tribulations that they went through in starting a business and you know the real truth behind some of like the kind of the crap and craziness you might encounter and i thought that you know i just i loved that book for some reason like I still quote like you know I would post in quotes from it all the time and I feel like I never I didn't connect you know with books in that capacity uh, like all the time you know it's rare that you kind of come across when you're like oh my god this is the best I need to share with with everybody um and then one that Nicole um Lapin Lapin put out recently um I think it was it's boss bitch I want to say excuse my language but um, again just like very very empowering inspirational and just on like true and honest and blunt and and she swore a lot you've been super generous with your time we we we've had a great time here and we have some great uh, notes I think for the audience on a lot of different topics uh, just to close this out uh, two questions for you one any last messages that you have for the audience in the second you know where can we where can we find you on social media yeah no definitely I think kind of my final words of advice are and it's something that I personally myself am, am still learning and kind of practicing every day and it's kind of cliche but it's so true it's that you know really think of what sets you like gets you excited about life about what you would want to do with your life and and follow that even if it takes time to figure out exactly how to implement that um, I find myself even over the last few months kind of maybe thinking of a new project that I want to work on that would put me even closer to really like, you know, that that thing that that excites me, my my why. Um, and so it, that might what you're doing to execute on your why may evolve over time, but always kind of have that as your basis, because that will be what excites you about what you're doing every day. Um and then where to find me? Yeah, definitely connect with me. I'm on Twitter, Sarah Dudley3. Definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, if you want to reach out and email me, you can email me at sarahdudley at marketingmacros.com um, or, you know, send me, a, send me a note on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, and please feel free to visit my, my site, marketingmacros.com. Be great to hear from people. Sarah Dudley coming in hot on the TR Talk podcast. We had a great time and Sarah dropped some knowledge with us today. Show her the love, follow her, message her, engage with her on social. You heard her people. Listen up. And while you're at it, give TR Talk some love. At this point, we'll be on iTunes. So give us a review and get entered into that $100 gift card. All right, people. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you soon on the next episode. TR Talk with Tom and Ryan, out.